Welcome to another episode of the Upstate Impact Podcast. I'm here with my project partner, Elizabeth Weaver, and today I am excited to get to speak with a personal friend of mine, Chris Egan, Um, and we specifically brought him on today because of the passion that he has for special needs individuals here in the Upstate. So Chris, I just want to open the floor and let you tell our listeners just a little bit about all the things that you're involved in when it comes to helping serve individuals with special needs here in the Upstate. Sure, and thank you all again for for having me. And so I've been involved really in the special needs world for I guess about the past 10 years or so. Um, before that point, and I think this is an important piece of my story at least, and potentially of your story, is before that point, um, up until point I was 19, I don't think I cognizantly knew anyone who had a disability. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure I did in, pa- in passing or just didn't realize it, but it really wasn't a part of my world, and I was homeschooled, we moved around a lot, didn't really have anybody you know, in a school that had a disability that I knew of, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Um, and so suddenly I was thrown into that world in the best way possible um, through a summer camp I worked at for the next 10 years. Um, that work is called Camp Hope. It's based out of the Clemson Outdoor Lab in, um, on Lake Hartwell and Clemson University um, and serves kids and adults with various disabilities. And so that's how I got plugged into that world, which is really more of a just testament to that you don't have to have any experience. Um, a lot of people yeah. have um, a sibling or a friend or someone who has a disability that is part of their story that wasn't part of mine and that's not part of m- many people's. Um, it's great if you you do. I'm envious of you if you do, but you don't have to have that. And so um, that was how I got started. Um, things I'm involved in here in Greenville, which are great um, programs or organizations being part of, um, I go to Grace Church, um, which has several campuses around the upstate of South Carolina. Each of them have this ministry, um, which is called Mosaic, um, at their campuses. Some of them smaller, some of them larger, depending on campus size or on availability of resources there. And that's for not just kids from nursery up through children's and youth, but also adults who have various disabilities. And this really, especially in a church setting, opens up a whole new world. A lot of families who come to Grace and to Mosaic who have a child who has a disability have had bad experiences Mm -hmm. with the church other places. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people get defensive about those type of things um, within the special needs world of, oh, how could they be turned away? How could they this? How could they that? And yes, I agree with that, but also understand that um, they... Often it's not out of fear or out of not wanting to try or help, but if it's out of not knowing how to help mm-hmm. um, is often the situation. Yes, there are some people or churches even who are um, handle it poorly or push people out or just don't even want to try, but others who may just not have the resources or knowledge or know how to do it. Um, Grace has been really blessed with a lot of people who have poured in over the years to start that program and then lots of volunteers who keep pouring into it and staff who run it now and so um, lots of families will come there and 
realize that they have a place where they can come and worship and their child can also have that um, opportunity that they can bring their child, their child can enjoy it, their child may not enjoy it, but they almost never, unless it would be some sort of medical emergency, ever have to call a parent to say, hey, Chris is acting up and having a meltdown. Chris may act up and have a meltdown, and that's fine. And that's a safe place for him to do that and for their parents to still be able to be on their own and and worship and not have to worry about that. Um, And so that's a great resource that they have at their church that not only ministers to the child or the adult with a disability, but also to their family as a whole. Um, And something that they're very open doors with with other churches with partnering it's not a oh well this is our secret program we can't mm-hmm. let others know about how to do this and so that's a great um part part of what grace grace does amongst other things yeah um that's beautiful and actually i have heard multiple times from people that have been a part of the mosaic community just what a blessing it is to know for the parents that their kids are going to be well cared for Mm -hmm. that the skills are there to meet whatever the need is and I love when you made that distinction because having training and understanding is the biggest missing piece in many churches Mm -hmm. for being able to care well for special needs and wow do you know the history of how that all came to be a mosaic? A Did you little get to bit, jump just in vaguely. as it was already established? Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah, I came along after that was well established and growing. So it um, started with a woman at church who she got ministry going um, at one of the campuses and kind of grew it out from there. I believe it started with um, focus on kids. I might be wrong. And then kind of grew out from there okay. to... Um, to adults and to children's, and then of course expanded to different campuses too. Mm-hmm. Um, well, um, one of the things I love about Mosaic too is uh, that it's not just a on Sundays thing, mm-hmm. right? Um, so one of the things that um, our community group has has taken part in as well is they'll do respite nights at least once a month where um, families who have um, children or even adults um, with disabilities they have a night where they get to come to the church for two or three hours and have an organized activity. Meanwhile, the parents get an opportunity to actually get away while knowing not only are they being well cared for, but also mm. there is some spiritual structure behind what's going on there. So we, we love being able to oh, be a yeah. part of that as That's well. That's wonderful. Yeah, those respite nights are so huge. Similar to the um, respite camps that used to run at the outdoor lab or just providing an opportunity for parents or caretakers or siblings, whoever it might be, to know that their loved one is able to be somewhere they can be themselves, where they can be loved, cared for, no matter what happens. So it's a great twofold. It it provides a lot of opportunities for an adult or a child who has a disability, but then also gives opportunity to the parents or the caretaker who they don't have that resource. If you Mm -hmm. have a child with a disability, nine out of ten times you just can't call up a babysitter and say, hey, can you mm-hmm. come babysit for me? Right. Because um, it needs to be someone who knows how to specifically care for your child and to um, deal with whatever may come. Now, that's not always the situation. Having a disability doesn't always mean that. But um, for a lot of parents, it does yep. li- limit that those options for them. Um, so providing that opportunity for them is really big. Yeah. yeah. So besides Mosaic, talk about some other stuff that you're involved in. 
Yeah, so um, you may be familiar with Young Life. So Young Life is a um, Christian ministry that focuses on um, meeting high school kids and also middle school kids where where they're at. Um, it's a camp-based ministry, but most of what happens is not at camp, um, which is good for, especially in COVID season when yeah. all camps were, were canceled. But um, it really just involves the main idea of meeting kids where they're at. Um, and that's not you know just as far as behaviorally where you're at or economically where you're at, whatever, but actually going where they are and seeking mm-hmm. them, them out. Um, seeking them out in the lunchroom or in their classroom or at um, athletic events. Mm-hmm. Um, instead of coming to you, you go into to them. Um, there's events that we do, uh, we call it club, once a week or so that we gather and ha- have a fun, fun time, mm-hmm. play games, sing songs, and um, someone sh- shares a story. But um, most of it's done in the day-to-day, what we call contact work or mm-hmm. life-on-life. Um, and so part of that ministry, too, is called Capernaum. Um, the Capernaum branch of Young Life um, focuses on pursuing high schoolers with disabilities. And so you can have a disability and participate in traditional Young Life. There's no, oh, you have to go to this program or that. But Capernaum being able to be structured a little bit differently really provides a, another opportunity for kids who may not want to go to a traditional club for whatever reason, whether it be because it's often later at night or because it's louder or you know whatever it might be to give them a different opportunity where they can still have the same opportunity mm-hmm. on the same hand. So um, I'm involved with, with that that ministry that's a um great ministry we have here in in greenville um we have a mix of leaders in in there same as in mosaic at grace where college students high school students um young young adults um adults who are in their 40s 50s 60s 70s -hmm. even um who are regularly involved and um have made this their their life's work and to be able to just pour into kids and it really looks like a lot of different things it could look like going to a boarding event together it could be just ha- hanging out a- after school um since covid started there we meet um four or five times a week on zoom to do different <laughs> things um monday is ukulele class and then a bible study afterwards thursday we have art club um and then thursday during lunchtime just kind of gather and everyone bring your own lunch and just log on to zoom and just hang out and chat if you want same Mm -hmm. for saturday morning so just that same opportunity to connect no agenda no plan just just build we're just gonna build community and hang out and spend time together um for a lot of us, or I'd say most of us in the world, COVID's kind of brought on a different perspective for us. We all feel isolated, feel trapped, feel like we can't go anywhere, mm-hmm. like we can't do anything. Um, we have to be extra cautious. 
for a lot, not all, but for a lot of families, adults, kids with disabilities, this is everyday life. Mm. They kind of, a lot of them are kind of laughing at us. Like, yeah, we, we know how to quarantine. We've been doing this for <laughs> 10, yes. 20, 30, 40, 40 years. You know, we, right. we know how to not be involved in anything because we haven't had the opportunity to be involved in anything. You know, this isn't um, new for us. So that hits me hard too, even though I knew that, getting to have a little bit of empathy of that has been even for me super helpful. Um, I hope for all of us we take that and think of not just adults or people with disabilities, but for widows, for others who are homebound and realizing, oh, yeah, remember for that few months that I complained about how much that sucked to mm-hmm. be stuck and not be able to do anything or not see any of my friends? Yep. Oh, that's been years or decades for some right. people. Yeah. And so it's gone, maybe I should go visit Grandma or maybe I should go <laughs> seek out whoever yep. it might be. Um, and so that's been, I think, uh, dare I say it, a good, mm-hmm. hopeful outcome of this the past few months and mm-hmm. um of us learning that empathy for for that yeah sure um, let's uh let's talk about your work environment for a second so you you work in a pretty unique situation so tell us more about that yeah so i um and disclaimer i am in no way speaking on behalf of my company or, <laughs> <laughs> um, but um also i love to plug what we do so i work for Walgreens um, and a lot of time if people know me before they know where I work they kind of like why are you working at Walgreens um, nothing against Walgreens don't mean anything bad about it, but they're like that doesn't seem to be something that you'd be passionate about or interested mm-hmm. in um, but it is because um, Walgreens is actually an international leader in disability employment mm-hmm. um, they, and this was far before me, I just was lucky enough to be able to come and be a part of it, um, have been paving the way for disability employment for years. Um, in their distribution centers, which I work with their supply chain division, um, we hire about 30% of our staff have some form of disability. Um, in the stores, it's anywhere from 10 to 15% usually. usually. Um, and so we also again with that have a unique opportunity to be able to open our doors to hundreds of other companies that come in and see how we do that and get to model that and then make it their own because it's something that we're very passionate about and we'll keep doing and keep as a priority with us but also we can't hire everyone in the world we want everyone though, to have right. that same passion and understanding of the value and of how it's not scary or hard or difficult or um, that the scary word for a lot of managers or employers of accommodations isn't Mm. actually that difficult. We all have accommodations in whatever job job we do. That's true. Um, You might not be good at counting, so I'm not going to put you off the cash register. Um, I might not be good with talking to people, so maybe being the greeter isn't the best job for me. We all have limitations. Mm -hmm. And and that's as simple as accommodations are, is that Mm -hmm. um, 
putting you in a place to succeed and not in a place to fail too. Right. And so it doesn't mean restructuring your whole business or having to install tons of um, different accessible fe- features wherever it might be. Although that might be part of it. Um, but that not only helps your employees, but also your customers too. Mm-hmm. Um, to come and be a part of that community and be welcomed in. And so um, that's what drew me to to Walgreens. I've worked with them some in the past in one of my previous jobs at um, a program called Clemson Life, which is um, a program at Clemson for young adults um, who have intellectual disabilities to be able to attend college and um, be a part of that community. And so we had done some job coaching mm-hmm. at the distribution center while I was there, which is how I got connected back to them. That's awesome. Um, and so it's a great place to work. I get to learn from a lot of um, a lot of people who have been leading the way in disability employment for decades now, um, getting to hear their stories, getting to see how they prioritize people mm-hmm. and um, are willing to work through whatever they need to. So what are some of the things you feel like you've already learned through that, uh, being in an environment that is so welcoming and open to it, but also willing to confront some of the challenges associated with that head on. What are some of the things that you've learned? Yeah, I think, um, especially through, I think the corporate or business world can often get a bad rap and often may deserve a bad rap, but um, getting to see people people valued and understood. Um, a spot found for someone because of who they are. Um, I'll, I think about a guy specifically who um, cannot count, cannot read, um, and still has been able to be put in a position where he succeeds and excels um, and enjoys his work and enjoys coming to work and being able to bring in a paycheck and provide for himself and um, have all of that as well. And so... Um, being able to work alongside people who don't, who yes, there's certain metrics to meet. It is a business you're trying to um, make money, not because all businesses are evil, but because you're trying to also pay the people who work for your business <laughs> right. um, and keep them employed. Um, but also of, all right, let's figure out a way to try and help this person succeed as much as we can, right. um, and put and putting them first. And so that's been really great to see and to learn how people can do do that and find that balance which often I think is a worry that employers business owners whoever even managers may have of how am I supposed to do well while how am I supposed to do well while accommodating to other people or putting people Mm. first um and just seeing how to do that in action mm-hmm. um, is really cool. Because I've been coming from really two human services areas or education areas. One a um, summer camp and then the other a college program, educational program. And so different priorities mm-hmm. in there, but seeing them translate over to still keeping people first mm. has been encouraging. Yeah. That's really beautiful to see it in both spheres, you know, where outreach 
that has its place, but how about this empowerment to take someone and help them feel their value in the workforce? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's beautiful. And wow, so awesome for you to get to have your job also align with your passion so well. Oh, yes. <laughs> I know. It's, it's definitely a joy to be able to do, do that and find that intersection of both instead of, um, oh, this is just my job that pays the bills mm-hmm. and then um, disconnected from, which isn't a bad thing. I think that's um, part of everyday life. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we work a job mm-hmm. and it's how we pay our bills and that um, still in no way should be our identity, whether it's something that you love or something that you um, just have to Mm -hmm. go to to pay the bills and then you can go do something else. Um, Walgreens isn't my identity. I love working there and being part of that um, environment and culture, but um, still not my identity. Same with any of those programs. And so um, just my little plug for any type of work that you do. That's that. right. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. So um, I do feel like, though, that the, you know, the disabilities community is strongly tied to your identity. And so I just want to ask because you, you're the one that kind of drew the line between um, this camp that you started working at about 10 years ago. And you feel like that was kind of your first exposure. But I'm sure there are some people that have worked in that camp for some short length of time and that didn't become their life's passion. So... Why is it that that has somehow stuck for you over the last 10 years? What is it about individuals with disabilities that just caused you to feel um, so connected or so motivated to do something for them? Yeah, I think um, I think probably what made that change in my life was just relationships mm-hmm. um, with my closest friends who have disabilities. One of them in particular, David, who... Um, is like my brother. I mean, we've known each other for over, probably over 10 years now. And um, David has Down syndrome and he loves having Down syndrome. I love that he has Down syndrome. <laughs> it's not a um, bad thing. It's not, his life is not limited in any way. I live in David's shadow. David's been featured on ESPN more times than I can count. He's... Right. Um, He's the only person in Clemson I know who can, um, at any point he wants, FaceTime the president of the university and the head football coach and get them to answer <laughs> at any po- point if it, as long as they're not busy. And I'm like, well, that's power for you right, <laughs> right there. And, mm-hmm. um, but see, getting to know him and others and um, just the beauty that they've brought into my life often I feel um, very selfish, very um, taken back of, oh wow, they give me so much and teach me so many lessons through um, the ways they see life and the ways they live life and Mm. um, that I just want to spend more time with them and get um hang out with them more my um it's kind of funny there's lots of different words you can use so if someone's listening to this and it's a um pc police you know whether it be a, a normally functioning person or a person without a disability whatever you might say is that honestly over the years i've lost my patience for people who don't have disabilities because i'm like 
why are you so mean? And so, and I can mm. be that same way too. I'm like, why am I so mean? And so, um, stressed out over things that don't really matter and don't, right. um, whatever um, those lessons are that I've gotten to learn through them. And so, um, and also a lot of it's just been, um, honestly, God opening those doors and putting me where you have me. If I, um, I had no clue that I was going to work for Clemson Life right after I finished school, um, that door opened very much in the last minute. And I was like, well, all right, here we go. Um, same with then transitioning to work at the camp um, year-round. Never would have guessed. Um, well, maybe I would have guessed with that one. But um, still, it was still a surprise in that path opening. Same with then going to Walgreens was, oh, wow. When I thought of that, we're moving back to Greenville and then being involved more in Capernaum here in Greenville. Um, and so just being willing to say yes to those opportunities and also be um, putting myself in situations where um, may not at first be comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people that keeps them back from not just people with disabilities, but people who are different from mm-hmm. them in any way, whether it be right. race or gender or... Um, because they've been someone's been to prison before, because um, someone makes a lot less money than they do, or doesn't have as much education as they do, whatever right. it might be. Of well, I don't know how to be around mm-hmm. those mm-hmm. people, whoever those people might be. Um, <laughs> Good point. And so, but being willing to just be like, hey, yeah, it's okay to be uncomfortable. It's not okay to stay uncomfortable, um, but we're not going to, but we will stay uncomfortable if we don't um, make ourselves be uncomfortable by Mm -hmm. spending time with people who are different from us Mm -hmm. um, and seeing that, oh yeah, I'm not, I don't have it all together and there's so much I can learn from everybody um, and getting to be involved with that. and so that's a lot of apprehension that we have um, in especially the special needs world, but I think it really applies to everywhere of what if I say the wrong thing? What if I do the wrong thing? Um, what if whatever it might be, which yes are valid thoughts, and yes there's going to be people in every area who um, if you say the wrong thing, someone might pounce on you. And, right. and get get all all over you. Yes, there's a lot of times there's, and I'm not just talking about things that you should know not to say and are very bad to say, <laughs> um, but, you know, just of whatever it might be of being fearful of, I'm going to mess this up, I'm going to do this wrong. Yes, there might be people who um, pounce on you for saying something wrong, but... If your heart is there to love people, no matter where you are, and to embrace and to acknowledge, yes, I don't understand this part of this culture, this um, world that it's not part of what I've grown up in or have been a part of, then people will see that and people will know that you're just there to love them mm-hmm. and not to, um, because you have something there that you have to 
bring to them or to mm-hmm. um, you're the sa- you're the savior to come in and to provide the answers for them or to be the hero wherever it might be and so um, getting past I think those barriers in ourselves and I still have those myself mm-hmm. I'm not sitting here saying everyone be be like me but learned from that community that that's what I need to push myself to be in all other communities too that I'm not comfortable in mm-hmm. um, because of the differences because of not knowing or understanding mm-hmm. and so that's when people are interested in becoming involved or getting involved that's a big thing I encourage them to, you might say something wrong you might do something wrong you know but don't worry about it if mm-hmm. I ask my friend in a wheelchair if he wants to go for a walk, I don't have to freak out. Oh, no, he can't walk. What am I going to do? No, I messed up everything. <laughs> He's going to look at me and say, you idiot, let's go for a walk. <laughs> <laughs> don't point out my difference by saying, do you want to go for a roll or do you want to wheel around? Right. Um, and that's one of my favorite examples because it's a pretty common example that happens. But um, one that just illustrates, no, it's okay like we're all more alike than we are different and um we can and that's not to celebrate to not celebrate differences because the differences are often beautiful Mm -hmm. um but to realize so at the core we're more similar yeah and Um, it sounds like you've been so immersed in this community to actually in many ways come to prefer it because of the beautiful treasures you found in these people, which I just think that that's beautiful. You're like, why are these people stressed out over here? You know, like there's another way of living mm-hmm. that you've gotten to discover by um, that community that you've gotten to be a part of so much. Yeah. So uh, I just want to know then, because you, one of the things you said, which I thought was funny, is that you sometimes you find yourself annoyed with people who don't have disabilities, right? So I just want to know from a from a societal standpoint, from an individual standpoint, um, what can people who don't have disabilities do better, right? Because at the end of the day, I think our society has probably come a long way in the last however many years, but we still have things we can always do um, where we can just be better in that in those ways. So I would just ask you, what are some things that as individuals or as society as a whole even you would like to see change um, to specifically improve the lives um, of the folks that you've come to know and love? Yeah, I think... Um... One of the big things is not assuming someone can or can't do something, mm-hmm. um, especially in the special needs community, but really everywhere. Of um, because you don't have this, you can't do this. Um, coming from a being a university town for ten years, I saw a lot of you don't have this piece of paper. Well, you must not be very intelligent, and I have this piece of paper, so mm-hmm. I am superior to all of. You, um, and that same idea can be conveyed if, um, well, this person has a disability, so they have to be pitied, or they can't do this, they can't do that. Um, but when we realize the things that we each can can do, regardless of, again, all those things—disability, gender, how much money we make or don't make, um, how much education you have or don't don't have Mm -hmm. of realizing those things and that's one of the things that pretty much all my friends with disabilities don't unless they're just not telling me don't 
really judge people by mm. anything besides how they act. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you're a jerk, yeah, I'm going to probably stay away from you. Yeah, if you're um, this or that, that's how I'm going to treat you. But I don't care. It doesn't matter to me mm. who, who you are. Um, your celebrity status or your notoriety or how many followers you have on this or that or um, where you come from, who you are, none of that Mm. matters. They don't care. They may ask you, but really they don't care. It's more of small talk of we're getting getting to know you. But that getting to know you part doesn't change who you are in their perspective. Um, if you say, I'm the Queen of England, you're like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> if you say, well, I grew up in the poorest part of Anderson County and didn't graduate high school and work a minimum wage job, you're going to be like, cool. <laughs> also sure. great. Doesn't um, make a difference. Why can't we all just hang out? <laughs> um, and so none of that makes a difference in that um is a beautiful thing because they don't see people besides as just being a person. Mm-hmm. Um, and by however you behave on your own. Um, and so just valuing people for being people is something that I'm constantly challenged with too. Um, and have lear- I think one of the bigger lessons I've learned um, from my friends with disabilities of, you know, just not caring about mm-hmm. anybody's status in any way, shape, or form, mm-hmm. um, or background, or any, you know, any of those metrics besides just, all right, I'm going to get to know this person based off of who this person is, um, and go from there. And so that's been a big piece of that, for sure. That's a powerful lesson, yes. for sure. And uh, that does the, that's a good enough reason right there to make some new friends. you know and just learn how to think a different way Mm -hmm. on that Um, that's beautiful I know you talked about a lot of different things you're involved with but did we miss anything Um, I was thinking Night to Shine were there Mm -hmm. any other key Mm. let's see Night to Shine I think that's the main one that was thinking we want to hear about Yeah, tell us about that that one so the Night to Shine is a um, special needs prom night experience that Tim Tebow's foundation um, sponsors, and they started, I think this was the fifth year, I want to say. So they started about five years ago. They're in hundreds of churches, um, mainly churches, but also I think some other facilities across the globe now. Um, So the Friday before Valentine's Day every year, um, they... At all of these locations host the prom night. Um, you know, different sizes, different flavors, depending on what's going on, but um, they all involve a dinner. A lot of them will have um, limo, ri- limo rides. Um, of course, a dance floor with a DJ, a karaoke room. Is a, it was a huge hit. Different games <laughs> and activities, photo booths, face painting, you know, whatever it might be. And so... Um, and it's completely free for any guest that wants to come. Um, usually, I think they start at 15, 16, and go up till however old you want to be. Wow. Um, and so, that I've been blessed to be able to be a part of 
one of the events at a church right outside of Clemson, a live Wesleyan church that got plugged in with um, a few years ago. There's several across Greenville um, that host it as well, but um, they have you know a few hundred guests come, several hundred volunteers who are involved the night of or with setup or with donating items or finding ways to make make things happen and so um, it's just a incredible four or five hour long experience that um, really often for a lot of our guests means more than and this is from their words not mine more than any other holiday or event during the year more than Christmas more than um, Thanksgiving more than any more than their own birthday day of looking forward to that time to come and be celebrated and be able to do whatever they may want to do. If they want to um, stay on the dance floor all night, they can stay on the dance floor for five hours. If they want to sit in the um, quieter room and just color for five hours, they can do that and be Mm -hmm. celebrated and get to enjoy that time just of being able to do whatever they want to for for a while. Um, Getting to come get dressed up, get their hair done, get their shoes shined, mm-hmm. um, have someone help do their makeup, whatever it might might be of having that opportunity. And so those are um, great events to be a part of, and um, hopefully they'll continue continue happening and yeah, um, right. next next year in some shape shape or form. But um, yeah, several churches across the upstate host them either in that shine or um, I know Brookwood Church has a very vibrant special needs um, community there, too. They host their own versions of very similar events. I think one's a hoedown and um, a couple other variants, too. But um, just really fun events that they put on around. Hmm. Um, That's really actually a very easy way to kind of dip your toes into the special needs world right. mm, um, because it's a one-time commitment for four or five hours you know anybody can do anything for four or five hours um, even if you're super uncomfortable or you end up being like you know what that's just not <laughs> for me um, then all right but that's a great way things like that where um you don't have to feel like you're committing to a year of something, a semester of something, whatever mm-hmm. it might be of, let me just try and dip my feet in and see what it's like. And, you know, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out, and yeah. that's okay. But those are great ways to um, start getting getting involved. And usually, as you can imagine from all of the people it takes to pull them off, there's yep. lots of opportunity to be involved and um if you're a good person you can back pass a background check then usually there's a spot for you to plug in (laughs) i'm trying to picture myself there and not just smiling the entire time oh yeah it just seems like (laughs) the most enjoyable experience you could ever have you know because of the joy that you're going to see on other people's faces but also because of the environment that you're getting to create for someone else i just think like what better way to spend a friday or saturday night i think that's fantastic so yeah Um, we've gotten to cover a lot about you. So I personally just want to ask you is you've gotten to, to work in all these different little pockets of the, the community of folks with disabilities or special needs. Do you have a long-term vision for 
what you want your role to be in that community or what you want your legacy to be in that community um, going forward? No. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> That's the short answer. Um, well, so, but. you know, I love what you're saying because one of the things with this podcast is, you know, we aren't all going to start an organization. Right. Some of us are going to learn about organizations and things that are already happening. Yes. Where, how can I plug into that? Right. Mm-hmm. Where can I volunteer? And really what you're demonstrating through this is, here's a half a dozen different options <laughs> yeah. of yeah. ways that I can and making a difference in the special needs community. Mm-hmm. And so that's really beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. And there's so many ways. And that's one of the things I um, love about all of those opportunities has been... Um, not only when I was starting with them, but even in the um, past few years of getting to help other people get involved in that mm-hmm. um, and see, oh, I don't have to have this. I don't have to have that. I don't have to be the catchphrase which will trigger a lot of special ed teachers out there, a special person. You don't have to be a special person to work with people with Mm -hmm. disabilities. Um, You just have to love people. Mm -hmm. Um, And so getting to show people that avenue of, hey, here's how you can get plugged in here, teach you the basics, and then the rest you figure out just through relationship um, with whoever might be. And so getting to build that by empowering other people to be involved. Um, this is the best way, I think, for any of us and whatever our passion is, mm-hmm. is to do that because then we're multiplying. I can only be so many places at right. once, but if I'm able to encourage others and help open doors for them to be involved, then there's yeah. more of us. And we can all um, be involved little bit and it doesn't take um again just like with the night to shine doesn't take transforming your whole life it can be getting plugged in one way well i just thinking off the top of my head of people who are involved in night to shine police officers teachers um engineers um doctors Hairdressers. Um, hairdress, yep, hairdressers. Yeah. Um, a guy who literally drives a limo for right. his life comes and does it. Um, <laughs> food service workers. Yep. Um, business business owners, students, whoever it might be. And, you know, their, their life path isn't necessarily going to change and all of a sudden be the entire special needs world is what their world is, but that's part of the beauty of it too, is that wherever they are, they can open doors for adults with disabilities. When they um, go and are in an area and or in a business and um, someone with a disability comes and applies and they can be an advocate and say, no, we can hire, like, why wouldn't we hire Chris? Like, he can totally work here. Why, why would he not be able to work, work here? Or, um, they move to a new area and go to a church and there's no special needs ministry there and they're like well we just don't really have anybody to help do that and it sounds really hard and and they're like no it's pretty easy i'll I'll show you how i'll take i'll Mm -hmm. take care of it and so um empowering people to be able to do that and to realize that it doesn't have to be all or nothing it can be hey i'm able to get 
plug in this little way and do that and that's great and so yeah. that's what I encourage lots of people is just to give it a try that's yeah good. That's yeah change change your mindset mm-hmm. and then just try one of those options yeah. like those are both really great first steps for mm-hmm. for everyone any other ways that you want to throw out there for people to get involved like some of the camps stuff like that do you recommend that as another good option for people is that more of a long-term commitment the so for different um different ways to get involved there's um you know, events like Night Shine, things like that, that are kind of one-time things. There's um, Special Olympics, which is a great way to get involved, especially if you like sports mm-hmm. or doing things like that, whether it be bowl- bowling, swimming, basketball, um, ways like that that you can get involved for an intermi- intermittent period once or twice a week, something like that. Um, Camps-wise, usually involve a little bit more of a commitment, not necessarily long-term, but... Um, you know, over sometimes it's weekend camps or sometimes it's um, summer week long camps, things like that. And so a little bit more time intensive, but a great way to get involved. I always, I know I'm biased, but I always suggest people, especially if you're when you're in high school or college, spend at least one summer working at a camp. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I'm biased, but I also encourage at least one summer working at a camp that serves kids or adults with disabilities um because again regardless of what field you go into um that's going to be great life experience for you as a person for you as a future spouse and parent or um co-worker wherever you're Mm -hmm. going into just opens the door for you and allows you to Mm -hmm. make a more inclusive environment wherever you you end up mm-hmm. and regardless of what people say you don't need four years of summers working in an internship in a related field <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. good that's really good um well listen chris i appreciate your um your willingness just to jump in and and talk with us a little bit about this before we um sign off i did want to just ask you some more personal questions so people who are listening can know a little bit more about you the person and some of the things that that make you unique so i just picked a couple rapid fire questions i'm going to ask you so you just say the first thing that comes to mind you don't have to to, to put too much thought into this um who is your childhood hero childhood hero it was at a time brett Favre, but then he's since kind of uh <laughs> shown some of his other colors and so okay. but uh it was him. It was him. Okay. For We're naive as children. We see the exactly. Best yeah, and that was before his uh, incidents. Where his indiscretions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. What's what's an ideal day off look like for you? Ideal day off usually involves um, either going it would, during the summer. It would involve going to the lake, or um, if I'm feeling really ambitious, making a day trip down to. Charleston. Okay. That's my favorite place to visit on a weekend or awesome. Nice. Very cool. Okay. Uh what's something that you're afraid of? Something that I'm afraid of. Um cockroaches. Okay. Yeah. Cockroaches. I'll I'll put them down if I when I need to, but they just no, no, thank you. Do you have do you have horrible dreams of cockroaches crawling all over you at night and things like that? Is that yes? Okay. Also, right. when I, from the time I was seven to the time I was ten, we lived in Sumter, South Carolina. Okay. Which if you've 
ever been to Sumter, you know, okay. the palmetto bugs the are extra bugs. big, extra that. large That's there. Right. Yep. <laughs> and, they, and they fly. So... <laughs> That'll give you nightmares for the rest of your life. <laughs> that's, that's, oh yeah, that is a nightmare for sure. All right, is there any food that you refuse to eat? Oysters. Okay. I love, I can... I love seafood. Um, I cannot do the texture of oysters. Mm-hmm. I understand. It is weird. Just can't do it. I can't do them raw. <laughs> I've had them steamed a couple times, but I definitely don't like them raw. Okay, uh, last one. What's a book that you feel like everyone should read? A book that everyone should read... Um, I have, I'm a big reader thanks to my mom who's an English teacher but um, to stay on topic for today mm, a book okay. that I'd encourage Good. everyone to read is a book called Blessed Are the Misfits mm. um, it's written by a gentleman named Brant Hansen who's actually a um, radio host as well but um, Brant has Asperger's and he um is very vocal about it in a great, great way. Um, and he, I think this is great because not just for people who have disabilities, but for um, lots of other people who this book will probably relate with um, as far as how um, he, as an adult with Asperger's and on the autism spectrum, um, views relationships, views relationships with God, views a lot of different things, and about um, all, not just that, but also just thinking about um, being a misfit mm-hmm. and how all of us, I'm sure, at some point, or mm-hmm. I'm not sure, I know, at some point feel um, like a misfit for whatever reason, but mm-hmm. that that's there's beauty in that and that we're accepted and sought after in that. And so blessed are the misfits by Brant Hansen via book. And it's a, it's one of those it's a unique one. It's a, it's a short, short little book. It's not, it won't take you long. If you're a reader, you could read it in a day. If you're a non-reader, you could read it in a couple of weeks. So um, <laughs> not a big commitment if you don't like reading either. That's good. That's I, a great recommendation. I feel like a misfit a lot. I think I need to read that one. <laughs> All right, Chris, um, so before we go, just want people to know if, if they would like to hear more about you or, hey, Chris sounds like an awesome guy. I want to grab coffee with Chris sometime. What's what's a way somebody can, can get in touch with you or where can they find you? Sure. Um, you can find me at work or at home. No, but, um, <laughs> but besides, besides that, um, yeah, you can um, find me on face, Facebook. Um, I, a couple months ago, got rid of my other social media because I was like, it's too distracting, but my family loves to use Facebook Messenger, so I was like, I guess I'm going to keep Facebook. So you can find me on there. Um, I think I have my email and phone number even listed on there because I just like to try and be accessible yeah, for sure. people. Um, besides sales calls, there's no one who I'm like, oh, I'll talk to you for a little while. So if any of those things interest you or um, interested in getting involved, I'd be happy to um, connect you with any of them. And you mind going ahead and just throwing out your email address now in case somebody doesn't have Facebook to be able yeah. to, to find you? Yep. It's uh, Christopher, C-H-R-I-S-T-O-P-H-E-R dot W dot Egan, which is E-G-A-N at Gmail. So Beautiful. All right. Chris, on behalf of me, I'm sure Elizabeth will have something to say as well, but thank you so much for joining us. Um, I'm 
honored to call you a friend. I love this passion that you continue to live out every day, and I'm glad you got to share it with us today. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks so much. Loved getting to your perspective, and um, it was very, very encouraging. Yeah, and thank you all for what you're doing for the many stories that you share. So, yeah, awesome. Thanks again, Chris.